0: With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the Internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales.
1: Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, YWales. My name is uh, Siva Avaru, and I am managing partner of YWales Solutions, and I am joined by the infamous Mia Murphy. Mia, do you want (laughs) to say hello?
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Mia Murphy. This is actually my first uh, time co-hosting the podcast. I'm excited to be here. I'm the chief of staff for YWales and looking forward to learning more about Common Ground and hearing Florian's background.
1: For those that don't know, Mia is essentially the glue of the entire (coughs) Wales operation, of the holding company, of of the podcast, of the community, everything. We couldn't have done it without her. Um, But this is a great topic. We have a great guest uh, on today. Uh, We're talking about communities and really essentially why brands should start caring about community building. We are joined by our guest Florian Glotz, founder and CEO of Common Ground. Florian, do you want to you know, say hello to everyone?
3: I'd love to. Hi, I'm Florian. I'm super excited to be here on this podcast and um, looking forward to talk about communities, brands in the Web3, uh, but generally also uh, in the 21st century, the relationship with their fans, the, their consumers, um, and just their most active audience online. Um, probably also going to touch a bit on my background, uh, how I ended up uh, building a platform for communities, for brands, for people to connect, and how it all fits together under this Web3 umbrella. So thank you for having me. Excited to be here.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's just dive right in. And, and I'll start off with a hard-hitting question here that I know a lot of our audience and a lot of our listeners and viewers are, are always kind of scratching their heads around. You know, if I'm an executive of a mid-market company or a Fortune 2000 company and I start hearing the terms of Web3 and community constantly intertwined, what does that exactly mean to me as an executive and why should I care about community building?
3: Well, that's a good question. Uh, Where do we start? Um, Web3 really is um, the new internet, the new web, and it's driven by this idea of community. And um, people say that, you know, the original web, the web one, was read-only. The web two was read and write, so everybody could publish information on top of consuming information from others. And then the web three really adds this layer of ownership to the mix. So it's read-write-own. And for the end-user experience, both from a company perspective and from a consumer perspective, it actually means that... Um consumers are not just consumers anymore. They're actually prosumers. They are also creators. They also um, participate in the building of your brand, how it's perceived, what it's about. And um, we've seen this happen actually in Web2 already a little bit with this phenomenon of memes. So people on Reddit and Discord, Facebook, WhatsApp, they love to spin up memes around brands and events that happen. And um, when you really understand how to use this power of your true fans, you can actually elevate your brand to a whole different level where you have sort of free marketing from your uh, biggest fans and users of your service and so on. And so in the Web3, all of this gets sort of a new dimension because we have this ownership layer intertwined into the uh, creation and consumption of content. And Web3 really is, of course, linked to this phenomenon of blockchain. And blockchain is this idea of digital ownership and digital scarcity. And I think the first sort of breakthrough into popular culture happened around this idea of NFTs, so non-fungible tokens. And we've seen new kinds of community brands being created that just wouldn't have been possible... Um, in the web, too. And to name maybe a few big examples is, um, of course, the Borg Ape Yacht Club, which I think became a really popular community brand um, where sort of the owners of these apes could start to actually commercialize their ape, print it on a shirt, print it on beer cans. We've seen all kinds of interesting experiments around how actually the consumers become prosumers and producers of branded content and I think, uh, maybe to me, even more exciting example is Nouns. So Nouns DAO, which is um, a completely community driven brand also around NFTs where people own a noun, one of these NFTs. And then they are part of this whole community of users who together decide what is Nouns actually about. It was completely undefined in the beginning, and now they have an esports team, and now they have sort of all kinds of interesting phenomena and sort of breaking through into popular culture. So uh, <laughs> I named a lot of buzzwords now, and it may have even confused your audience more, but uh, I hope I also made it a bit exciting. So um, I think as a as an executive um, of a of a company, small, big, or mid sized. You should care about this phenomenon of community building in Web3 because it really is the future of the success of your company in the consumer markets for sure. Because when you know how to leverage this power, you're going to outcompete everybody else in your market by a thousand X. And so, uh, this is also, of course, why. Um, I'm interested in the space um, and why we're building Common Ground, which is this platform that wants to make it super easy for brands, for companies to leverage the superpower of community for their own business.
2: And if we take a step back here just for a second, I think one of the things that I would be curious to hear from you is why or if an enterprise is looking to start their own community, where should they start? And also, what kickstarted your own journey and wanting to start um, a business or a platform centered around communities?
3: Yeah, great question. So I think you're, I have the same answer to both of your questions in a sense. Um, so I think it's not obvious today how you actually start on this journey as a company because you're familiar with Web two tooling. Uh, you may be running some of this tooling yourself already. You might have a social media presence. You might use inside of your company some sort of, you know, messaging, group messaging products to replace corporate email. Um, there's sort of the Slack part of the universe, which is mostly startup driven. And there's the Microsoft Teams part of the universe, which is more the corporate driven side. But they're essentially an identical platform that connects your employees And then on your social media platforms, you have, of course, a presence to the outside world where you try to interact with your fans and consumers of your products and services. And uh, today, these are two separate worlds. And then when you think about community, it's actually about breaking down walls and connecting people. And that includes, of course, your own employees, your own staff. Mm -hmm. And this is why we created Common Ground, because we saw that there is actually no Platform software today that is breaking down these walls. The software as a service market today uh, treats companies as a silo. So in Slack, in Teams, whatever software you are using there, it's really just you and your team. And then um, there is the sort of social media world where you, where none of your employees really hang out. It's just you know your followers and audience. And we see many problems with this sort of dichotomy. And we wanted to create a platform where you can truly unite all the stakeholders that are critical to the success of your brand and your business. And that includes your own staff, but that also includes the people who buy and consume your services. And so Common Ground is a new kind of platform that unites people and actually allows you to create a sense of community of engagement and gives you the tools to reward people to actually differentiate between, well, who are just some people in the orbit around my company? They may have heard of my product, They may have clicked follow somewhere, but they don't really engage. And who are the people that are actually my hardcore fans? And on social media today, it's just a flat list of people. You just don't really know. And there are no tools to track this and also give rewards to people who are more engaged than others. And so in Common Ground, we give you the tooling to actually you know, give reputation to people, badges, rewards uh, in through NFTs and other sorts of digital media, uh, and also allow your users themselves to foster a sense of community. So to create really an interactive space where it's not you sort of top-down feeding content onto your users, but actually give your users the space to come up with funny memes and all these sorts of things. And, you know, to be completely frank, I feel like we haven't necessarily invented a single single one of these pieces that come together in this, but we're really the first ones who understand the whole narrative here and bring it together in one bespoke and dedicated platform. So what I mean is that uh, we've seen, for example, in the gaming space, a platform emerge over the last, you know, 10 years or eight years, which is called Discord, which has become really popular among some communities. So it started in gaming, and then it's it sort of sweeped over into Web3 or crypto. So a lot of crypto companies or startups are actually engaging with their users on this Discord platform. But then... All the other pieces to the mix are not included in Discord. There's no way to, you know, gift NFTs, rewards, and badges to your users. Um, It's actually a pretty hard-to-use platform. It's all sort of kept in a sort of dark grayish um, uh, color scheme um, that a lot of people don't necessarily like. There is um, a lot of information overflow in the platform. It's hard to keep track. Of what's happening. And so we've just identified a lot of problems uh, with this particular platform, but then also realized it's not integrated with any of the other things that you might be doing as a company. And so uh, I think we're the first ones who understand really community as a primitive, uh, constitutional building block to the future success of your business. And we want to make it super easy for you to um, sort of succeed. In this, in this new frontier of, of community driven business.
1: Oh man, that resonates with me. I'm am a member of multiple Discord channels and I just cannot keep up. You know, I always find myself, and, and if uh, a lot of us remember uh, listening to this, the days of forums. I always am yearning for a forum like uh, 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 capability within these platforms where I can keep tabs on certain conversations and you know re-enter them and exit them, you know, at my uh, at my leisure. Uh, Discord just right now just seems to be a, a steady stream of consciousness, so to speak, and you have to jump in and and uh, enter the conversation at the right point. Um, so yeah. Florian, you know link, link, LinkedIn stalking you. I saw you were a, a, a German real estate lawyer. How does a German real estate <laughs> lawyer become a community builder in Web three? Where where does where does that shift happen?
3: so i have to correct you there um it's true i'm a lawyer and um i've been so since i mean i've, I've become a member of the german bar association in 2014 swore an oath on the german constitution uh, and um, have been a happy member of this of this you know uh for profession ever since um i think it's Uh, really funny to see um, how lawyers end up in different fields of the economy. It's really one of the most sort of colorful professions I think there are because you find lawyers in the film business, you find them obviously in courts, you find them in Web3 and crypto like me, you find them in all walks of places simply because um, I think we are generally really good problem solvers. Um, That's at least in Germany what we're trained to become. Um, We all have to study the same subjects, but um, you know, once you go out into the world, you really find your passion and then you can apply these generalized skills that you've acquired over the years to whatever domain that, that you choose. And um, I've been really lucky that I've been very technology enthusiastic my whole life. I've become a software developer at the age of, I don't know, nine or 10. I've taught myself programming. Um, I've built, you know, software in the, in the web one. I've built software in the Web 2. And then in 2012, 2013, I became really excited about Web 3, although it wasn't called Web 3 back then. It was Bitcoin. (laughs) And then uh, Ethereum came around, which sort of totally changed the narrative of what blockchain actually is. It's not just the ledger to take care of your Bitcoins. It's sort of a generalized, immutable, distributed database that can be the foundation of a completely new economy and completely new system of governance for the world. Sort of this idea is sort of a really utopian uh, idea and, and it really sort of um, yeah, caught me and um, I, I dove into it. So the moment I became a proper lawyer, I was already converted into the blockchain tribe. And so all I've ever done as a lawyer professionally was related directly to Bitcoin, Ethereum, crypto, and now I would say generally Web3. And then the real estate aspect entered my life a few years later. I had already, I think, quite a career in crypto. I've helped um, as a lawyer uh, projects to do ICOs back in 2016, 2017. So sort was of the first token craze and, and, and stuff. Um, I had founded an advocacy group in Germany that was advocating for uh, progressive regulation around Crypto, blockchain, crypto assets, those sorts of things. And then in 2018, when the markets had crashed, everybody was sort of brainstorming, what's going to be the next big thing? How is the market going to you know, recover and sort of come back strong? And um, my working hypothesis back then in 2018 was, well, ICOs were really innovative. It was a really sort of cost-efficient way to raise funds globally from everybody, from businesses, but also from retail. And so, back then, I got in touch with uh, a real estate developer who who had the same thought. He was like, "Well, this is really innovative how you can raise funds like this." My, like his uh, uh, experience raising funds for real estate had always been, you know, highly institutional, high cost, uh, very localized, um, sort of very burdensome. And so he asked me, Florian, do you think there is a way to leverage this crypto technology to make fundraising and funding of real estate projects um, more capital efficient and more digital, more accessible to retail, and all these things? And so this is when I, yeah, added retail, uh, sorry, real estate, to my, um, to my, yeah, you know, bucket list. And um, I actually I explored this space for around two years. And um, celebrating some successes there, what we achieved was that we digitized the first um, real estate fund uh, in, in Germany and uh, maybe even worldwide. Uh, we had a permission from the German Financial Market Authority, which is known to be very conservative, uh, to sell a um, real estate token worldwide worldwide to retail and institutional investors alike. And the token that represented this share in the real estate fund uh, was a proper ERC-20 token on the Ethereum blockchain. It was, from a technical perspective, identical to an ICO token of the years past. And that was really exciting because nobody thought this was actually possible. And um, that that was pretty amazing, I have to say. Um, it didn't end up being a commercial success, so I learned a lot also there. What does it actually need for tokenization of securities and tokenization of real-world assets to be a convincing thing for normal people who don't care that it's on the blockchain? <laughs> they just don't get, well, what does it actually bring me to do this, right? And back then, we had a hard time to make a strong case for it, I believe. I think it's different now in 2023, but yeah, this is this is my real estate experience, and um, well, how does someone with sort of this background end up building a platform for communities and brands um, to unite and, and and all these things that we do at Common Ground? Well, I would say that um, I think what brought me into this crypto space originally, back in twenty fourteen, was this narrative I found um, in the Ethereum. Uh, world uh, that that was really new back then was this idea that in the future platforms are not going to be owned by some big corporations that you have no influence on as a user, but it's actually going to be the users themselves that are going to own the platforms that they use. And this this was such a f- sort of mind bending idea to me that. That made me really curious, and what we had seen in in those years then, since Ethereum emerged, was really a focus on financial platforms, so smart contract based, um, you know, exchanges and smart contract based wallets and swaps and uh, derivatives, and so a lot of the financial infrastructure that we know from the trad fi world, the traditional financial world has been recreated on this shared immutable ledger, uh, the Ethereum blockchain. But what we haven't really seen since then is the emergence of actual consumer platforms that are not primarily financial use cases, but actually like social media kind of stuff, content and um, identity and relationships and and those sorts of things. We haven't really seen that Emerge in a in a in a major fashion yet, and so common ground I think really fascinated me as an idea to explore how can this actually be done with this you know user owned platform paradigm, and um, that's just of course one perspective on it. But this is the perspective that I think really sort of made me passionate about the idea, and I wanted to try it.
2: Yeah, I think you you, made...
1: you, you essentially did decentralization of user engagement with Common Ground. Uh,
3: that's a big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And I think you made a really good point there. I think, you know, platforms themselves are really nothing without the users and the people behind them. And I think that's going to really play out in, in web three in particular. And I think with con you, you look at content creators these days and really the ones that strive or have a huge following are the ones that really connect with their community beyond just, you know, how many followers do you have? And I think, you know, building a community is really going to be there. The community members themselves will really turn into your biggest ambassadors or cheerleaders in a sense as a company. And so how do you think that's going to continue to play out um, within the next couple of years?
3: I love this question. Thank you so much for that. Because <laughs> funny enough, we're also now at a point where we realize that content creators are probably our biggest audience for common ground. Because um, when we started this journey of common ground, our you know, one of our claims that, that, that really got us excited is the idea that we can tell users, hey, when you use common ground, you're literally going to end up co-owning this platform. It's partially yours and it's going to depend on how engaged are you with the platform? How much are you going to interact on it and build a reputation on it and and relationships with others? And although this is, I think a compelling case, I think for content creators, it's actually the killer app because unlike, you know, me as an average user of Twitter and, you know, Instagram and whatever, I mean, I consume these platforms for free. I mean, I actually started paying for Twitter now, funny enough, but generally I consume these platforms for free because to some extent I'm the product because I'm being advertised to. And although I don't particularly like this business model, it's sort of an okay-ish deal, right? I mean, I don't depend on these platforms um, and so on. But if you look at the creator class, those kinds of people who actually make a living from directly or indirectly, from creating content on these platforms, they are in a totally different, uh, you know, space. They depend economically on these platforms for making a living. And this is actually, you know, millions of people now. And if you look at the statistics, you will find that only about 10% of creators can make a living from the income they generate on these platforms. 90% cannot, uh, don't make enough money to make a living from it. And then you look at platforms like Twitch, who are now collecting 50%, half, of all the revenues that creators make on this platform. And the creators have literally no lobby. They have no power. They have no leverage. They have nothing in relationship to their employers, so to speak, which are these platforms. And so I think our approach to saying, hey, we're building a platform for everybody, organizations and, of course, but also creators, where you end up owning a piece of this platform and you can collectively, you know, decide how you want to run this platform. I think this is such a compelling case and I do hope that, um, uh, you know, we, we will be successful in this and um, help creators have much more agency about how they want to, you know, live their life. Have an income, build their community, interact with their community. I think this is the big value proposition that we're building up.
1: That's that's interesting because you know that's essentially what uh, amplified OnlyFans's you know commercial success, right? They initially went to market as just another Instagram kind of competitor, you know, trying to fill the void. Um, Uh, from other social media platforms and trying to capture that market. But then what they focused specifically on was that creator audience because they knew the creators eventually had some sort of monetization model based off of their content. Right. Um, So, and, and, and I love everything you're saying. So where, where does, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a creator and I've got 50,000 followers on Instagram and I've got 15,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel, or if I'm a mid-market company and I've got 20,000 followers on my LinkedIn, um, where does Common Ground provide me some sort of added utility or benefit over my current social media omni-channel engagement experience?
3: So that's a great question. And the way we look at it at the moment is that you know, you have your primary outlets as a creator where you've really amassed a big audience and that can be YouTube for some, Twitch for others, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever it is, you have your primary platform and you know that's that's cool. You should you should invest in this and create content for it. But we believe that there is space for common ground in this mix where over time you can channel your true fans onto the Common Ground platform and over time establish independent revenue streams on Common Ground. And the difference between something like, you know, Twitch, which takes 50% of your, of your revenue from subscriptions and Common Ground is that, you know, Common Ground has a different angle and we don't want to take 50% of a business. Right. And, um, unlike Twitch, we want to give you co-ownership in this platform. So it's not this anonymous mega corporation in the case of Twitch it would be Amazon and in the case of LinkedIn it would be Microsoft, where you just have nobody listening to you because fundamentally you're just a small nobody in, in, in this big mass of millions of billions of people using it. In common ground, actually, you have real governance power in the company that runs this platform. And this is the power of Web3. Web3 is really this democratization of the Internet on a fundamentally new layer that just hasn't been possible before. I mean, um, Amazon is a publicly traded company, Microsoft is a publicly traded company, and they have all these sort of specialized governance powers, how these companies run, and as an individual using these platforms, there's very little impact you can have. And Common Ground is fundamentally different. It's a community-owned and community-driven business. And as a creator, you have a big say in the future roadmap of the platform, in the monetization and business models of the platform. And so there are all these governance processes and, and conversations that you can be a part of as a creator. And looking at these use cases for creators, I think I've mentioned it, but, uh, you know, let me make it more clear. Um, right now on, on, let's say, Instagram, there's no way for you as a creator to sell subscriptions, for example. Uh, what you would do is you would have a Patreon profile, and then on Patreon you, you could maybe collect donations from people, but then you would publish your free content on Instagram. And I think what's missing in this whole mix of platforms is something like common ground where you can both bring together content and subscriptions to create an exclusive experience for the people that actually support you. And that experience includes not only content, but real time interactions with your true fans that actually support you financially every month to, you know, allow you to live your life. And I think this is where at the moment um, creators really don't have such a great option to choose from. Um, And we see that, for example, YouTubers and Twitch streamers have Discord communities where they try to sort of turn their audience into a community, but then on Discord, there's no way to monetize these people. And if you look at Patreon, Patreon actually gives you a guide on their website how to create a Discord community and then integrate some bot that takes data from Patreon and then allows you to do stuff in, in Discord, which is extremely complicated. I mean, even I wasn't able to to replicate this, and I, and, and I know the tech stuff. So it's actually not easy for creators today to bring both their true fans and their content and the subscriptions, everything into one place to really nourish a community of true fans that actually support them financially. And so this is how we believe we can bring sort of a unique platform uh, to creators that actually allows them to become more independent from these sort of mega corporations and build more sustainable revenue streams that, you know, with 100 to 1000 true fans actually will allow you to make a proper living from it. Um, And yeah, be a part of this platform Sort of on a governance level. Um, in addition to it, that's our our dream there.
2: Yeah, you made a lot of great points that I really agree with. I think there's a lack of a hybrid model in a sense where all of these capabilities aren't on one central platform. So, in a sense, you're decentralizing users and having to use multiple different platforms, and then it kind of prevents or causes a barrier for the user themselves because they have to go, they have to utilize so many different platforms that you know, they're spending extra time on, you know, checking each individual platform when in a sense it could be all in one. And I think one of the biggest challenges, at least from my perspective, in building a platform like Common Ground or building a social platform is being able to build up the user base. Um, And so how are you guys approaching that? Um, How are you guys going to bring the users to your platform?
3: So we have a bunch of approaches there. Uh, one is, of course, our focus on creators because they have an established audience and they have a huge pain point, which is that they are sort of slaves to the platform that they publish on and they sort of want to hedge their bets. And we already see this sort of multi-platform approach by creators to sort of be like, well, if I'm being banned on YouTube, at least I have, you know, Half of my followers already carried over to Twitch, so I can continue there. Or, you know, Twitter, which is crazy at the moment. Elon Musk started to hate me, so I've brought some of my users over to Mastodon. So, you know, so creators are already doing this. They are hedging their bets by going multi-platform. However, every single one of these platforms is still in the hands of a centralized provider, and what's even crazier is that these platforms are sharing ban lists now. So it can very well happen that when you're being banned on Twitch because you said something that's say, say not politically correct, for some people, well, you're automatically banned on two other platforms as well because they are sharing ban lists. This, this is actually happening. And so um, I think it needs a platform that's fundamentally different to actually hedge your bets as a creator, and this is the offer we want to make to them. That's, that's number one. The other one I think is that uh, we're offering creators just much more, a much bigger voice in what features should we actually build? What monetization streams would you like to see on the platform? We're really open to this conversation, of course, especially in this early stage at the moment. So you have a big say and all the people that already joined Common Ground tell us daily how, incredible it is for them that they can talk to us every day. We respond, we deliberate together. It's a pretty awesome feeling to do this sort of in this communal fashion. And then I think uh, we have as a sort of web three uh, company, we have, you know, some, some superpowers uh, that we're leveraging, which is of course this idea of, um, you know, tokenizing ourselves. So common ground itself is a tokenized enterprise. And our tokens represent co ownership in the platform in terms of governance, but also in terms of future economic benefits. And so we can say, hey, if you go through the arduous process of setting up a community on common ground, I mean, it's a simple process, but still, of course, it takes dedication to when you open a new channel it creates work and you need the time and you need the energy to make it successful. So if you commit to this journey, what we give you in return is actual tokenized ownership in this platform. There's actually real tangible stake that you have in this platform. And it will not only give you a voice in the governance, it will also make you a literal co-owner of the business. So if the platform becomes big, it's as if you would have received shares in Facebook in 2004, right? So it's literally like can be huge for you as a creator. And I think that is the sort oh, of superpower. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen this work in, in, in the web three space before, so to speak, right? We, some people call this a vampire attack, right? So you take, um a business that, that, like, so SushiSwap did it to Uniswap, for example, right? Uniswap never had a token. They were not a tokenized business. And then SushiSwap, because Uniswap was open source, they just cloned the code from Uniswap and added a token. And they said, hey, if you provide your liquidity on SushiSwap instead of Uniswap, we're just going to give you co-ownership in this platform forever through this token. And then boom, suddenly SushiSwap was a huge exchange. And if you think we can do the same as a Web3 business to Web2 businesses, to social media platforms, we can say, hey, you publish your content on Instagram or wherever, you can continue doing that. But if you bring your community to Common Ground as well, we're going to reward you with a token that gives you real stake in this platform
1: interesting so that's that actually solves a pretty big problem with a lot of social media and and fan engagement and consumer engagement platforms today right uh, if you're twitter your instagram your facebook if you're a company your linkedin profile um, your your business page on another platform. You yourself don't own those, right? It's it's you are a user of another platform. All the data, all the content you upload, you are because of the T's and C's, the terms and conditions you you sign. You are foregoing ownership, right? And so, if you are representing basically your equity of building your engagement experience on Common Ground, and you're rewarding and incentivizing that with a token. Then in theory, you've just kind of almost put a, a valuation of it as an asset. In theory, right? Where and, and I think that's a big thing, right? Um, right, you know, in, in the dark web, people sell Twitter accounts, people sell you know uh, LinkedIn accounts, you know, for false and bot fan engagement, and you know you can buy them for a couple thousand dollars or what have you. But imagine if. I have a substantial following of a million followers on Instagram or YouTube, and that is my business. And I want to sell that as a business. Well, you've kind of essentially valued that business with some sort of token. Uh, Now we'll talk about if it's a security or not, right? That's a whole different discussion. But uh, eventually, there is a road or a path via Common Ground where your, your platform, your engagement platform for your business or your creator or what have you, could eventually be represented as a net asset that you could eventually sell, right? Hey, maybe a PE firm wants to take part ownership of my engagement platform. Well, in Common Ground, maybe you take 50% of my tokens. Is, is that is that kind of... Am I thinking about that the right way?
3: This is beautiful how you put it. And actually, um, it's, it's something that we've thought about a lot as well. And we have at least some early-stage version of this already implemented where we've said every community on Common Ground should also be tokenized. So we've tokenized the business itself, which we're giving to our users as an incentive to join, but we want also the communities to be tokenized. So if you're a verified community on Common Ground, your community is represented by an NFT, and this is a transferable token. So, indeed, if you have amassed a million followers in your community, you can sell the NFT and with it, you're selling the million followers. So, it's a tradable asset. And um, that's, of course, you know, uh, right now we don't have a community with a million members, but once this is there, and I think this, this will happen very quickly, you're absolutely right that your community is not just, you know, an audience that you have amassed it's actually a financial asset that can have massive value. Um, If it's, you know, high value people, let's say you've built this, you know, an, an investment club community and you have a million people, high net worth people in this community, a million of them, I mean, what is this community NFT going to be worth, right? This is going to be, <laughs> this going to be yeah. very valuable.
1: Yeah, and the, the whales community, for example. For
2: example. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I also think it will flush out a lot of the... Because if you go to a lot of platforms these days, even if you look at the follower count, you know, sometimes half of those or a quarter of those could be just bots or random accounts. And so really flushing out who are your true followers and being able to put some sort of value behind that, I think is really powerful.
3: Well, thank you. For how this. do you address yeah, that, Florian? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> you're giving me all the good, all the good topics. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, indeed, uh, that's something we thought about deeply because we all know the bot problem. Uh, we've, I mean, Twitter has become a bit better since Elon took over. That's, I think, a positive of his um, <laughs> disruptive style. I think he really managed to get rid of a lot of annoying. Uh, I think in particular crypto bots, at least that's something that was haunting me because that's my bubble. I think there are other bots as well on Twitter, Um, but it's even worse in discord. Literally. I, I mean, many of your listeners may not have used discord before, but it's absolutely atrocious on discord. It's literally, you don't even know who's human on this platform and who's sort of a bot that is trying to take advantage of me in some sort of scammy way. And, um, We've, yeah, we see it all over the internet. And of course, the root cause of this bot problem is that still in 2023, we don't have an identity model on the internet. It's just really cheap to create an identity on any of these platforms. And by cheap, I mean, it has a low economic cost. I just need an email address or a phone number to create a new account on these platforms. And that just costs literally fractions of a cent today. And um, in Web3, we believe that there will be a much stronger form of identity that will make it much more expensive, if not impossible, to create multiple identities within a system. And Common Ground has been built on this idea. And so what we have... Uh, put into common ground very seamlessly. You don't even notice it when you, when you come to the platform is a web three identity model and web three identity means a number of things. It means that the user owns their own identity. They are, it's sort of like a portable identity that really belongs to themselves. It uses wallet technologies and other sort of cryptographic stuff in the background. Um, we've, abstracted all of that away on Common Ground, you don't even notice it. Um, but what really makes the difference for us is that we've implemented a proof of personhood into the system. So on Common Ground, communities can say, okay, I have these you know big public spaces where I don't really know who's passing by and it could be anyone, it could even be a bot, it could be an AI. Maybe that's even something I deliberately want. Obviously, AIs are becoming interesting at the moment but then i also want to have spaces in my community where i really know for sure that there's only one person per account present i don't want to have one guy with a thousand fake accounts in this area of my community in order to spam people scam people or maybe you know to illegitimately change the results of votes that i have in my community imagine i'm a big brand and i want to ask my users hey should I print my next sneaker with this color and this pattern or should it look like this? Or, you know, whatever your brand is about, you might want to engage your users into deciding your next release of your product. And um, to make these scenarios possible, the, the community administrator or moderators can say, well, in this area, you need to bring a proof of personhood. You need to prove to me that you're a unique real human being, that you're not a machine and that you don't, do this with multiple accounts. And solving this in a way that is really frictionless and simple is, of course, not a simple problem. And um, we're really proud to say that we've figured this out, how to do this in a way that is really privacy-preserving. Uh, users do not have to disclose their real name, who they are. It's fully anonymous. But at the same time, it's a really sort of secure and foolproof way to ensure that you know you really have true people only once represented as accounts in these particular spaces in your community and we think it's a game changer and um, yeah it's, you have this little verified badge and then everybody knows you're you're a real person and you can still have some random nickname you don't have to you know give your clear name like on facebook which i believe is something that you know maybe you don't want to do and um, i've just recently read some some news about how it's even unsafe for some people disclose their real name and it shouldn't be a requirement i think people should call themselves peter pan or you know lucy in the sky if they want to but i want to guarantee that this is still a real person um behind it so yeah that's that's what we've done at common ground
2: and i think also by ensuring that everyone within the community is in fact a real person will actually strengthen the community as a whole because you know that you're talking to a real person <laughs> and not a bot. And I think, you know, within our own community, that's something we really um, stress upon is making sure that everyone is a valid executive and making sure that everyone that's within our community has been vetted and is someone that people can trust. And I think that just, it automatically just brings up the level of trust between the individuals within our community itself.
3: I agree. And think about reputation. The moment you have um, a strong identity model, you can actually accrue reputation to this identity over time. And so um, you can have it, you know, fully um, clear name or fully anonymous. It's up to you how you want it. But even if it's fully anonymous, you know that this is one specific person behind it and this Identity accrues reputation over time that stems from the kinds of interactions it has in your community. It participates in your weekly calls. um, It votes on things. um, It does this and that. And for all of these interactions, these identities can earn rewards and badges, and they accrue to a real um, reputation over time that can be on-chain, it can be off-chain, depending on how you want to play it. But the decisive thing is that over time, you will understand who are the real fans and the real contributors in this community. And at some point, you know, you can give them more responsibility in your community. They can become moderators maybe, or they can host their own events. And they have so much skin in the game over time because it's so valuable to have such a reputation. And I think this is really also something about inclusion, Because, you know, the the world is opening up more. Um, The the African continent is really entering the world stage now. India enters the world stage. And um, there are so many young, enthusiastic people now coming online. And they have everything, uh, but they may not have a lot of money. They may not even have a bank account. And so how do you include all of these people constructively into these new kinds of online communities And I think reputation, non-financial reputation is the way to do it because it can have real monetary value to have such a good reputation and network, but it didn't need some initial capital to get there. All it needed is you being a good person, you showing up, you engaging and being friendly. And and to me, this is really powerful when you sort of, you know, scale out into the next 10, 10 years or something like this.
1: That, that that's really why social media platforms are so powerful, right? Um, th- what they're doing is nothing novel in terms of engagement, but what they have done, you know, first instance, you know, MySpace, and then you got Facebook, and 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 why Facebook hasn't been toppled as the king, so to speak, right? Because people have cultivated decades now of reputation tied it, to their profile online, you know, directly to their name. That hey, how many people you know? They've they've got ten years, fifteen years worth of life captured on Facebook, and if they were to you know delete their account, that means fifteen years of reputation has disappeared, and there's no way to grab that because it's all owned on Facebook's platform, right? They have no ownership of their content. I love exactly, that. yeah. So I love everything I'm hearing about Common Ground, man. Uh, so you know, ten thousand pound gorilla in the room your biggest competitor or the king that you have to topple is discord right now every web3 community starts with the discord selfishly and admittedly why whales is on discord right now um, every major brand that is launching some sort of web 3 strategy is incorporating discord so where does common ground kind of have some competitive advantages or competitive differentiators uh you know across the the industry standard platform of discord right now
3: well, I think it's a bunch because what we've heard in our user research uh, before we when we started to build this platform is a lot of pain and uh, dissatisfaction from people who feel sort of forced to use Discord, but there's many things they would change about it. And uh, if you don't mind, I can just show a little demo, and uh, people can convince themselves.
1: Oh, okay. go go on! Yeah, the the, the room is yours. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
3: So I was sharing my screen. All right. You should be seeing the platform now. Yep. Yep. All right. So Common Ground is in some sense very familiar in its user interface at the moment to something like Discord. And that's simply because we took this pattern of the community picker uh, on the left-hand side, which I think is iconic. Uh, for Discord and, uh, we wanted to start in a, in a way that is familiar to people. However, the big difference that I think is, is significant uh, already to Discord is that we allow communities, creators, organizations, businesses to publish content as well. And so Discord is purely focused on chat, but common ground brings together multi, multimodal communication, synchronous, and asynchronous. And so we have a real discovery front page on Common Ground. Um, Here, my nickname is Ada on the platform, and so it greets me when I come here. And then I'm being greeted with community news, and these are really blog articles that communities can publish on the platform. You can see the, uh, uh, the community where this news originates from, the Blue Fund, which has just done some really nice um, donation to uh, animal welfare organization, Collective Brain, which is inviting people to join its community, the Music 2 community. So all kinds of different communities talking, giving updates about what's happening in the form of blog posts. Um, that is something I think that's sorely missing on Discord. It's really hard to stay on top of what's happening in communities on, on Discord. And I think we saw it beautifully on Common Ground. And then when I scroll further down, I can start discovering communities. And these communities are being based on my the recommendations, are being based on my my preferences or the activity of these communities. So it's really easy for me to find new communities to join. And then we also have a blog, um, by individuals. So not by communities, but by people that I follow, uh, or that are being recommended to me and what they are talking about. And so this is really, I think, in terms of discovery and keeping up to date with communities, a really powerful feature. When I dive into an oh, individual, interesting, yeah, Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> a bit fast, maybe.
1: Can can you, uh, like, let's say I'm part of a YWales community on Common Ground, um, mm-hmm. and I, as a user, I have my profile, and someone is not a member of the YWales community, but they like the blog post that I had published publicly. Could they then subscribe to me individually and discover my community?
3: Exactly, they can, right? So any community here that is that is publishing here, I can just click onto the blog post, and then in the moment um, I read the blog post and I like it, I can click a button and join the community. Since I'm such an avid user of Common Ground as the founder of it, obviously I've joined so many communities. We won't find one that I'm not already a member of probably right now, but I'm really an exception. You can see I have so many communities. But if you're on a fresh account and you come to the, to the front page and YWales has, you know, some update here, um, I will be able to see this uh, just immediately and jump onto it and then join the community. So this is a really sort of easy way to discover new communities and immediately understand what they are about.
2: And when you go back to the homepage and it showcases you know, some news from all the communities that you're a part of and or ones that you can discover, how does it curate that list? Is it based on the ones that you're most active in? Is it based on you know, the content that you put out yourself or how is that list curated?
3: So at the moment, it's pretty simple. Uh, We didn't put too much energy into a good recommendation algorithm, but in our next iteration of the platform, which we're going to launch in the course of May, uh, we're going to, we sort of doubled down on this concept of a feed, right? Because we believe people really like news feeds in all its incarnations and on all the platforms. And we understood that this is something that we want to be really good at as well. So um, so this is an alpha version of the platform that we've been running uh, mostly in a closed fashion uh, last year to gather user experience and, and user feedback. And then in January this year, we made it public to have more users on the platform and get their feedback. And so uh, we've been working for two months now on sort of the version two of this platform. Uh, We will have a light mode in addition to the dark mode. We will have a lot of rebranding, sort of make it even nicer for people. So what you're seeing right now is the alpha, which I think is already pretty good. And then in the next iteration of the platform, it's going to have, I think, a really good sort of news feed and recommendation algorithm for you to discover, you know, even more content that's relevant to you. At the moment, it's a mix of communities I have subscribed to and communities that we have curated as being interesting um, for the users on our platform. And, um, awesome so
1: so yeah. I, I create a community and then uh, you know I enter my community where, where are some of the powerful features now uh, that is probably native to common ground here
3: so uh, I'm happy to show this off so I'm gonna jump into the common ground community which is us ourselves as a community on the platform and as soon as I jump into this community I'm being greeted again with a few familiar and a few unfamiliar, elements for those who already use a platform like Discord. What's really familiar, uh, I think, to people is this idea of the community sidebar. So here is all the places where this community meets and interacts. So uh, we have uh, text chat channels here where people talk. Um, can jump here, for example, into the general chat, where we have really long conversations with our users about all kinds of Uh, questions that we're discussing at the moment about the platform, new features, uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, that's the sidebar. But then getting back to the community lobby, as we call it, I get a selection of the news of this community. So it's announcements, it's articles, and it's guides that teach me how to use the different resources that this community Has to offer, and some of the unique features um, that we are able to offer our communities because of Web three is, for example, this idea of token gated content. So here we see a blog post um, about um, some KPIs that we're tracking, or um, you know, some weekly reports that we're tracking, and you can see that some of them have this unlocked sign, and when it says unlocked, it means This is a blog post that I can only see because I have special tokens, badges, and so on attached to my identity on this platform that allow me to see this content. And what this means for communities is that they can tailor the kind of content users see in the community depending on their role in the community. And so you can really have different groups of stakeholders in your community from random visitor to active contributor, to moderator, to admin, to, you know, uh, management board or whatever are the different kinds of stakeholders that you want to bring together on this platform. You can create spaces and content that all of them see and can interact with. And you can create content and spaces that only specific groups or subgroups of groups can see. And what we realize is that there is actually no good place on the internet to have this kind of interaction pattern, where you can share content in this kind of way, openly or selectively, all into one. And so this is, I think, a really, really powerful feature that we call token-gated blogging. And in this version 2 of Common Ground that we're working on right now, we're making this exact feature available even without tokens, right? So tokens are a really nice way for communities that use tokens like NFTs or other kinds of crypto assets um, to create roles in their community. But then there's probably, you know, a thousand times as many communities that want to use do the same, but they don't have tokens. And on Common Ground, we really see ourselves as a sort of Web 2.5 platform that brings together the best of Web 2 and Web 3. And so we want to offer you a really sophisticated role system um, together with our content publishing that makes this possible. And, um, yeah, so, so this is, I think, a really, really neat feature for communities. And I can show a few other uh, really unique features that we have, which is, for example, this chat here that we call the Human Hangout. And you can only come into this Human Hangout And have a conversation if you are a verified human. So this is what I talked about earlier about this proof of personhood. So everybody in this conversation here is definitely a real human and is only present one time with one account in this chat. It's impossible to come here, um, you know, twice with two accounts to sort of fake a conversation or influence a vote or anything like this. And people are still, if they want to be anonymous, right, I don't know who Airtune is, I don't know who Ada is, I mean, Ada, this is me now, I'm happy to disclose this, but it's sort of this mix of, well, it's real people, but they choose the way how they want to represent themselves. So I really like this as an idea. And lastly, I think as a really interesting feature, is what you see here, which is a token-gated area. So this, uh, this area here in the sidebar has a little lock. And what it says is that verified communities is, a, is restricted with token-gating rules. And what this means is you need, in order to enter this area and, and see the conversation here, you need to have specific tokens in a connected wallet in order to see and join the conversation in this area. So this is a really powerful feature to, again, bring people of different, you know, roles and backgrounds and sort of contribution activity together into intimate digital spaces in your community to have sort of special interactions and conversations. And we have a number of these token-gated areas ourselves. This one is for all the communities on common ground that have this community NFT that I've talked about. They're sort of tokenized community and this year is one where uh, only the core contributors to the common ground project have access to and so we have multiple token gated areas and our communities love this feature if i jump into a different community collective brain it's a really nice knowledge sharing community for example on common ground they have also multiple token gated areas where you can see You need specific tokens on a completely different blockchain in this case um, in order to enter into these areas. Of course, I have acquired all the tokens because I want to be part of all these conversations. And so, yeah, it's a really neat (laughs) and, and powerful feature.
1: One of the biggest misses, especially with Discord right now, and especially with anyone trying to do token gated access, um, is you know streamlining token gated connections to D 2 C fulfillment of a product. If you are a brand, or if you are someone that is selling something, right? Eventually, you want to convert that attention into some sort of revenue. Um, so, with yeah. your capability here with to- native token gated kind of build out. And, you know, let's use an example, Shopify just released, you know, a couple months ago, the ability to token gate access to their, you know, your e-commerce site. So in theory, if I'm a brand here, you know, mid-market company or even, you know, a community or an influencer or a creator, and I have my own e-commerce site that is Shopify or on Shopify, yes. could I directly link a token-gated access where, hey, you buy this limited run of 50 NFTs and as you do, you initially, you get onboarded into a, a premier or VIP por, por, uh, product, you know, on my Shopify site now that is all one streamless it, it is that a possibility?
3: It's not only a possibility, it's actually a reality. And that's the beauty of Web3, this sort of ownership economy, because it's all really standardized on, uh, you know, a few different uh, blockchains. And we support many different blockchains and ecosystems already on common ground. And so whatever you want to do in your you know shopify where you have some where you sell tokens or where you use token gating you can use the exact same token of your brand of your community or whatever it is that you're doing on common ground to create intimate digital experiences and create exclusive spaces with the exact same token and that's really really powerful because users suddenly have these magic experiences where they do something on your Shopify and then they you send them to Common Ground and they immediately have access without signing up for anything. They just bring their wallet to Common Ground and they immediately have access to the content and spaces that you want them to have access to. So it's a really seamless experience. And of course, That's something um, that's going to come later this year and, of course, much, much more even than next year is uh, selling directly on common ground as well, right? So I think what Shopify does is really an early indicator of where this whole idea of social commerce will be going. And, of course, I don't see us, you know, um, competing in a sense directly with Shopify. They, They have run an awesome business. But I think what we will be able to offer on Common Ground is some really neat ways to directly monetize through selling digital assets or digital services on Common Ground itself. And this, again, can then be linked to token ownership, can be linked to rewards and badges, which then again give you access to specific spaces and experiences. So, you know, um, actually this particular community, Collective Brain, has done exactly that where they said, hey, you know, this is this is where you start in this community. This is what we're about. And then here in this channel, NFT Access, we tell you where you can buy NFT access um, to um, get access to different spaces in this community. And right now they are sending you to a different website where you buy the token. You can buy it with a credit card or whatever. And then you come back and you have immediately access to specific areas in this community. And this exact transaction, of course, is something we can do natively on Common Ground as well. And uh, of course, something we want to do as well, because uh, we can control the user experience much, much better, make it even faster, more frictionless once it's happening on our premises. But then again, I think the beauty of Web3 is that it already works, although we don't have this feature built out yet, because of this interoperability and this sort of user-owned identity and ownership model of Web3. That's that, that's really beautiful.
2: So you touched on a little bit how you guys are looking at building out in-app um, or in-platform purchases beyond that can you highlight some of the other features that are coming down the line or that you have on your roadmap currently?
3: yeah I mean there is a lot so um, I wish I could show you um, our figma right now but uh, I think <laughs> I'm not allowed to but um, so common ground we've so we've run this version of the platform. Um, for about eight, nine months, mostly in closed and since like three months in open alpha. And we've learned a ton uh, what users like, what they don't like, which UX patterns work, which doesn't work. And we're pretty far ahead in really launching a version two of the platform that will have just an even more streamlined user interface um, that will have... um, I think, a really clear and concise branding uh, that, that really resonates with users. Um, that The current branding, I think, a lot of people like it. Other people are like, mm, it's maybe a bit too dark for me or a bit like too, I don't know exactly. And I think we've, we've iterated in, in a really nice way. So I think that the next version will be extremely compelling just from a visual and user interface perspective. And then in terms of, you know, real features, Uh, I I published a blog post recently here to our communities, and um, I think some of the highlights that that we will offer is um, native mobile apps on on Android and iOS. So this is coming. uh, Right now, we already have a mobile version of this uh, this platform. It runs in your browser, and what we've learned, and I, I guess it's kind of obvious, people want it as a native app from the Apple App Store or Android Play Store. And so this is coming, um, in later in May, early June, uh, we're going to offer a newsletter and newsletter subscriptions. Uh, we're bringing live audio and video spaces, um, to the platform. So you can have, you know, um, team calls, but you can also have something like Twitter spaces or clubhouse like experiences on the platform. You can do live podcast recordings, uh, we're going to bring voting so you can actually do real votes with your community to have them decide about things. Um, I mentioned our rules and permission system that's coming. Um, we will also have more ways to sign up to the platform. At the moment, it's really friction the sign-up process, but we're going to add more options for users. So um, these are some of the things that are coming down the line. Um, in, uh, in Q2. So, uh, the pipeline is really full. We're working like crazy. And, which is, which is beyond excited to share what we, what we've been working on over the past few months.
1: Oh, that's exciting! Real quick on the mobile app thing, I know one of the biggest gripes right now, especially for a lot of organizations that have you know official Slack channels for their internal organizations or a lot of Discord communities, is that there you can't really have an app direct to your community. Uh, you know, if I log into Discord. Uh, I have to launch Discord and then go and find my communities that I want to enter. If I launch Slack, I have to jump through so many different channels just to eventually get to the place that I'm trying to uh, get to. Uh, do, 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 is that is that something in your guys' roadmap here? Like if you can make direct mobile apps where, um, you know, it's still the Common Ground uh, uh, platform or mobile app, but it takes you directly to the community and it's even branded or, or you know, it's like a Why Whales app, but really it's the Y Whales community in Common Ground.
3: Yeah, so I think this is the the beauty of, of the web because we've built our um, whole application stack on a web-first uh, sort of basis. And it's really easy for us in principle to offer this feature that you just described. So you are not just you know, one icon here in your sidebar, you can actually be your own app. And when you open it on your phone, all you see is this one community. So this is a feature that we can technically offer with without a lot of effort. And although this is not going to come in the second quarter of this year, it's technically t- totally feasible for us to offer it in Q3 or Q4 and uh, you're not the first one asking for this feature. So we believe this is a really beautiful premium feature that I think communities who want this sort of almost white label experience for their community with a dedicated app on the home screen, I think it's something that they would also be willing to pay for, because this is something you will never get on discord. Like this is and like just not part of their whole strategy, but this is something that we can really make a unique USP for us. So, uh, I hear you, um, I love the idea and uh, we've talked about it, we've evaluated the technical feasibility and I can say that uh, we can do it and uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to offer it um, pretty soon. So keep asking uh, for it and then uh, we're going to do it.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, how, do, how, how do our users find out more about you? How do they engage with you? How can they help? Uh, how do they get involved? Give us, give us the whole spiel here.
3: So um they can always go to our landing page. It's commonground.cg. Um it's um, you know if you search for us on Google you definitely have to search for common ground plus something else. So, you know, web three or application or common ground is a pretty common term and and we're not yet ranking so high on Google. So, um, I'm, I hope you, you put some links in the description as well so they can click there. Uh, once you found us definitely, um, you know, launch the application, come in, join the common ground community and say hello uh, we love, you know, newcomers and, and we're sure to say hello. Uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow our socials. Uh, that's really helpful for us. And then I think um, anyone who can see themselves as being part of our journey and our vision, they are in luck because we're raising a round at the moment. So if you actually want to become an investor into, into the Common Ground vision, uh, reach out to us um, on whatever channel you want. Um, and we'd love to have a conversation. Um, we love um, communities that also invest. So our biggest investors are actually also communities on the platform. And we believe this is a really nice alignment of values and incentives. And um, yeah, what, what if, if you love our vision and journey, Definitely reach out to us and and to have this conversation.
1: Awesome. Well, we'll post all the relevant links and and uh, uh, ways to com- contact Florian here um, on the description uh, of the podcast when it's uploaded. Florian, thank you for your time today. This was a great discussion. I, I think uh, a lot of people that you know, scratch their heads around, you know, community and Web3 and are really trying to understand how could this be applicable to my business uh, or to, you know, a a potential new business. Um, uh, I think we've got some great ideas here and Common Ground. Seems like a great test bed for people to get their toes wet.
2: And we're excited to test it out with YWills too.
3: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to uh, chat with you today, present Common Ground and answer your really really good questions. Um, They were spot on and gave me really the opportunity to explain why we're doing what we're doing. And I would encourage everybody who's listening to this, if they are even remotely interested in uh, strengthening the community building aspect of the business, understanding how to become a community driven company, how to leverage the superpower of community for the future success of the business, to really check us out, check out Common Ground, get in touch with us. We've literally built this with you in mind. You don't need any technical expertise or any sort of understanding what all of this is about. Technically, we try to take all of these complexities away and make it really, really easy and fun. And so uh, I can only recommend check it out and get in touch with us. We're waiting for you. Awesome.
2: Thank you, Florian. Thank you, Siva. And thank you, Wells.
0: Have a good one. was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbeck, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner, with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. Be notified when we release new content. Please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywales.com. YWales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truth Work Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.